Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Flick, and I'm Yahoo's Senior Lifestyle Editor, so welcome to the Life Edit Podcast. We talk about lifestyle on this show, and today's aspect of lifestyle is travel, so I'm delighted to welcome Anya, who is our travel expert. Hi, Anya. Hi, Flick. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm quite excited to talk about this because of all the things that lifestyle includes, travel is the one that we really haven't had a chance to do anything about for about 18 months. I mean, the odd weekend away maybe in the UK, but really nothing major, have we? <laughs> no, I do remember at the beginning, um, lots of sort of travel websites were sort of touting getting a VR set and visiting sort of art galleries and, and the pyramids that way, but it isn't quite the same and also possibly the same price as, as booking a holiday abroad. Yes, exactly, exactly. So everybody's a little bit skint as well, I think, um, after the pandemic. We don't know what's happened with people's jobs and all the rest of it. So I think it's really nice to have a chance to just think about where we might go that isn't necessarily abroad. So today we're going to talk about staycations. As we know, it used to mean staying at home and sunbathing in the garden, but it's now somebody's taken it and run with it, and it now means holidaying in the UK. But before we get started, let's have a little question. Let's get to know each other, Anya. So travel-wise, I mean, this is this is a key question for anyone, really, is what can you not travel without? And I know when you see, like, celebrities interviewed, they always say things like, oh, my £400 face cream that I wear on every flight and my amazing satin pillow that I take everywhere. But, you know, we're real people, right? So what do you take with you wherever you go? I wish that I had something really glamorous to say, but for me, it's actually anti-nausea bands. I think that originally they were developed to help pregnant people with morning sickness and general sickness, but they work really, really, really well for travel sickness. So I wear them on a plane. I wear them on a car journey. Uh, I've worn them on various sort of tuk-tuk rides of various places around the world when you're whizzing around. I've worn them on on boats. I, I have them everywhere. Then they're, they're very small. They neatly fit into my handbag and then I can whip them out. And it, it also lessens any anxiety around travel sickness for me. You slip them on. They look like a little sweatband that someone might wear to play basketball, I say, having never played or watched basketball. And they've got a little plastic ball in the middle that sits on your acupressure point And they really, really, help see that's what I was going to ask acupressure that's very interesting so if you press I think it's three fingers down isn't it it it's supposed to stop you feeling nausea somewhere on your wrist so and they work that's amazing because when I was on a ship in the Bay of Biscay it was the most hideous experience of my life you know when you're making bargains with with gods and goddesses just to get off the thing and you're never going to sail again that I would have been very very helpful indeed because <laughs> I hadn't realized that's where we were sailing through I would never have got on the ship if I'd known. Yeah, well, hopefully you can do it again with these anti-nausea bands and it will be an entirely different experience for you. You can just relax. I don't want to live that experience again, but with the anti-nausea bands, maybe. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, that's perfect. Anyway, so my thing is not that practical, really, but I can't go anywhere without a phone charger. I'm in such a panic about losing battery. You know, I just live in dread. It's pathetic how much I live in dread of not having any battery on my phone. And I think it's probably after reading loads of news stories about, you know, people were stranded up mountains and they couldn't get a signal and all of that. And I'm just like, I never go up mountains. You know, I'm probably in a tea shop in Colwyn Bay or somewhere. But I'm like, oh, I can't run out of mobile battery. That would be a disaster. So, yes, cannot go anywhere without it. And makeup. I could I could probably boil it down on a desert island to mascara but I couldn't live without that. So having sorted out that we're taking our anti-nausea bands and our mascara and our phone charger on this trip, let's talk staycations. So obviously this is a big thing now, right? Huge. I think in the pockets between lockdowns over the past 18 months, more and more people have not only been forced to sort of stay closer to home, discover areas that don't require going on a plane or don't require a passport, but also really enjoyed discovering those areas. I think we often overlook what is on our doorstep or, you know, a couple of hours away by car when we're thinking of our holidays, because most of us think about tropical destinations or somewhere sort of further afield, or we only think of getting on a plane. Um, But more and more and more people People are opting for a staycation and now with lots of uncertainty around travel abroad I think people feel more at ease with booking a sort of more local holiday that they know that they are more than likely able to go on and I think people have really taken the time to research what is out there and discover what there is to sort of see and do and hotels and self-catering properties and resorts have really risen to the challenge so there is now more out there as long as you can can book it and find availability than ever. I think that's a really good point. I mean, we have all been looking and there's so much more more options now from sort of murder mystery weekends to dog-friendly hotels to all of these new and different things. So One of the things I wanted to ask you about was I've been reading a lot about the sort of increase in hobby vacations, you know, or staycations where you can go and learn something or go and do something. I keep seeing things. It's probably my age and demographic, but I keep seeing things like, you know, art weekends being advertised to me, things like that, that you can just go and learn to do a new thing. Is this a new trend that we're seeing, do you think? I think it's definitely a trend that is peaking. I mean, hobby holidays or hobby days have sort of been around for, they're not anything new specifically, but there are definitely more and more options now for people to book, which is, and it's a really nice option. I mean, we all got into, well, most of us got into sort of, or it felt like most of us from social media got into banana bread baking during certainly the first lockdown. I think people picked up different creative hobbies. We all sort of took on and developed new hobbies during lockdown. And there are all sorts of opportunities now to go and pursue those hobbies outside of our four walls. So you don't have to stop doing the things that you love just because you're going on a break. You can go and meet other like-minded people. You can go and indulge those hobbies and, and learn new facets of them somewhere else. I think that's really interesting, you know, because I would like to go on a cooking break, for instance, and learn to, I I love cooking and I do it anyway. I always do it as a job as well sometimes. But I also think there's huge amounts of aspects to it, like bread baking that I'm a bit rubbish at. And I would love to learn how to do it properly. But if you're not that bothered about improving your skill set, you know, you just want to relax and do something fun. 
What else is there out there? I mean, tell me about themed holidays that you can go on where you can sort of explore somewhere or, you know, that's based on a, a movie or TV or something like that. So, I mean, so I think there's sort of two um, parts of that. TV-inspired staycations, again, something that we did a lot of during lockdown, watch TV. And there are all sorts of ways to now go and live out those sort of TV fantasies, perhaps you call them, in real life. So you can go and book in a hotel in Bath, live like a Bridgerton, where you stay in a hotel that was part of the set. Or you can go and visit the Modiste, which is now a cafe in Bath, and go and have a cake or a coffee there. Similarly, you can do things like um, go on a Gavin and Stacey bus tour around Barry Island. Or there are, in terms of theme stays, there's one specific B&B that I'm thinking of which is a real hit with those that love the Queen's Gambit because they have chess themed rooms complete with their own chess set so if you couldn't get enough of the Queen's Gambit and you've taken up chess or you'd like to take up chess or you'd just like to get lots of photos of yourself in a Queen's Gambit-esque room there are lots of different guest houses and and hotels now offering that kind of themed all-inclusive immersive experience that does sound really fun I was just trying to think of the ones that I'd most enjoy I think I'd really like an all creatures great and small holiday where you get to go to farms and you know see cows giving birth and things like that I do love animals I think things like that are obviously a sort of growing trend where people want to immerse themselves in the stuff that's kept them going a bit through lockdown obviously maybe not the thrillers although we did mention murder mysteries (laughs) murder mystery weekends might be good and I think there are ones that I don't think you have to there there are sort of ones where you can dabble in a sort of a theme or a or a hobby or a sort of um element without it being the all-encompassing element of a holiday for example you can go um and stay in Yorkshire and book a golden retriever experience where you spend the whole day hanging out with golden retrievers but then the other the rest of the time on your staycation you can go off and do whatever you like and you know go on walks and whatever whatever else you would like to do so it doesn't have to be the whole thing there are lots of different experiences now you know for example you could go to Bath and just book a walking tour of all the Bridgerton sites or you could go to Bath and book a Jane Austen walking tour but it doesn't need to be the whole thing so your Bridgerton hating partner doesn't need to panic that's amazing sorry I kind of got lost at golden retriever day because that sounds like the best thing ever how absolutely lovely and I know a friend of mine has recently been on a llama trek as well I Thing over the South Downs where you can lead them and get to know them. It just sounds amazing. Let's just go back quickly to the whole idea of sort of living in luxury, because even if you're not a Bridgerton fan, there are places, aren't there, that you can book that give you a sort of a taste of the high life where we can pretend we're posh, like castles and amazing houses. Are we seeing a few more of those becoming available for rent, do you think? Yeah, I think, as you say, people are looking for more unique stays. You know, um, shepherd hut searches have increased. uh, Searches for houseboat stays have increased. And again, as you mentioned, castle stays have increased. And I think there is really... I mean, I personally, I love a period drama. So for me, it would always be a big excitement to go and stay in a castle. But I think just for anyone to sort of... It's it's real escapism, isn't it? And it's something really unique. It's a real... How often do you go and stay in a castle... there are some 
brilliant, brilliant castles now, either hotels or staycation let properties. And there are more being opened up as those sort of bigger properties that cost so much money to run as their owners sort of looking for from for sort of more revenue streams. They are opening them up for people to come and stay in. There's there's Amberley Castle, which you can go and stay in, which was recorded in the um, Doomsday book. Um, and that's got a working portcullis that they lower every night. And it's got 60 foot high walls. You eat dinner served in this domed room decorated with coats of arms. It's a really atmospheric experience. And there are lots of those sort of options. And I know I'm talking about castles a lot now. You can clearly see that you've hit on an interest point. Um, and you can also, it doesn't have to be a big, 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 grandiose experience. And it doesn't mean you have to have a huge budget. There are smaller castles and there are sort of um, castle ruins and there are sort of little castle outhouses and things in the grounds of castles that are much more affordable, but will still give you a really atmospheric, unique experience yeah i think that's a really good point it doesn't have to be the whole castle and i know like the landmark trust and the national trust as well also offer potential places to stay where you can stay in like a stable block or with the landmark trust you can stay in an old folly with a pineapple on the top and lighthouses and things like that and that always sounds fabulous to me i always have this dream that i'm going to go off and write my novel in a lighthouse i mean in reality i'd probably be sick with loneliness within about 12 hours and <laughs> trying to get a cab home but but in my head, it's a really nice idea. And you also reminded me that I did once stay in a haunted castle overnight. Uh, it was for a wow. piece I was, yeah, it was a long time ago. It's a piece I was writing for a newspaper and they wanted some idiot journalist to go and stay in a castle and write about it. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm not scared of ghosts. I don't believe in them. Anyway, so we, it was Moncaster Castle in Cumbria and it's quite famous for being haunted, apparently. And I took a couple of friends, you know, for moral support. And we got there and the visitor's book in the in the haunted room said things like, a very poor night's sleep, woke up at 3am to the sound of children giggling in the corner. <laughs> I was just going, oh my Lord, please get me out of here. So I can't say I slept. It was very, very frightening. I felt very spooked out, but I think I'd whipped myself into a state of terror <laughs> just reading things like that. But I was very yeah. glad to get out. But most castles, let it be said, most castles are not haunted and have been revamped very nicely haven't they <laughs> yes and i think you can also have a very nicely revamped castle with that is haunted so you can whatever wherever your interests take you you don't have to give up on luxury if you want to feel that you're being haunted for a night you can mix and match exactly exactly so before we go then tell us where are the most popular locations at the moment do we know what sort of areas are people running to to try and get their staycation break this summer so there's a real mix of sort of cities and then uh, country more sort of rural locations so york actually tops the list for where people are planning to travel over the summer and i don't know if you haven't been to york it is well worth visiting the jorvik museum I haven't been for years, but it is brilliant. I don't know if you've been, Flick. I went on a school trip a long, long time ago. And the most I remember about it was the authentic Viking smells and everybody screaming. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly my memory of it too. So you sort of walk through and then you get on sort of what looks, I guess, like a, um, a roller equivalent of a roller coaster cart. And they take you through a Viking village and you do really smell what it 
smelled like then. It was quite the experience. I would definitely recommend it, perhaps holding your nose as you go, but it's definitely a good one to visit. Newquay is also in the top 10. Bath, as we mentioned, no surprises there. Bridgerton was one of the most watched shows on Netflix over the past sort of year. So it's not a surprise that people are flocking there. And of course, they've got things like the Thermo Baths and all kinds of other exciting, interesting things to do. Whitby in Yorkshire is another one in the top 10. Um, Bournemouth, perhaps unsurprising again, another sort of beach destination. So yeah, a real a real sort of mix of beach and then urban, albeit probably sort of calmer than London urban environment. Thank you so much. You've given us some really good inspiration about where to go. I'm thinking Bournemouth. I've never been and I have friends who live there and it does sound lovely. So I am not averse to a staycation. I think I might end up just going on holiday in the UK like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> when we were kids you know we didn't go abroad so that's lovely thank you so much Anya for all of your expert insights and if you <laughs> it's a pleasure if you would like to read more and keep up with all the latest travel news head to Yahoo Life UK and next time I will be talking to another of our experts about their area of brilliance so don't miss it and thank you for listening if you want to hear more write us a review and make sure you subscribe on your favourite listening platform when your skin feels nourished and glows you radiate confidence osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean clinically proven mega moisture duo this seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.